support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download. Hey everyone, welcome to Narrative Live. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not a big fan of roller coasters, and the last few days have been a little bit much for me, a little bit too much for, for my little sense of uh, stability. Hi, Chris Vickery. Welcome to the show. It's nice to have you on here. As many of you know, is the director of risk research at UpGuard, meaning he does a lot of analysis around cyber threats, intelligence, all that kind of stuff. And it's a good reason we have him here today, because we think there may be lots to discuss around that for the elections. Eric Garland is here. Hi, Eric. How are you? I'm good. Well... Woo. Do you like roller Let's coasters? Go. Do you like roller coasters? Well, not that yeah. these. Well, I'm here. Yeah, we got no choice. Uh, so Chris, let's go. Chris, are you a fan of, of uh, roller coasters? Well, do you mean literally the the physical ones yeah. or the like crazy emotional political ones that we've been going through? You can answer uh, it any way you want, but I was talking about the real roller coasters, even though it's, you know, <laughs> it feels a lot like we've uh, we're going through that these days. You're not going to believe it. It's an assessment of someone's risk averseness. And here's Dita Burley. Hi, Nina. Can you hear us? Uh, hi, hi, um, the, uh, the warmer, the warming up question today is, do you like roller coasters? Do you like roller coasters? Oh, no, I don't. Yeah, okay. I get, I, I still <laughs> I'm a chicken. I, I am too. I am too. I'm not a big fan, but these last few days have felt a lot like what I think a roller coaster must feel like because everything's yeah. been going crazy every few seconds. So, you know, I remember even election night, there was this feeling of, oh, yes, Biden's completely won. And then it's, an hour later, it was like, no, he hasn't. And, you know, of course, he has completely won now. We know that. But it rem- there are so many questions still out there and such an incredible strategy that's being put out there uh, by the um, incredible is the wrong word to use by the Republican Party in terms of trying to move. Uh, the goalposts of what it is to win an election. You know, I put out a story last week or the week before <laughs> on, on narrative where I, um, sorry, did I say something funny or you're just laughing at something else? Yeah, because the goalposts were like before it was you get the most votes and yes. there's the popular vote in the electoral <laughs> college and if you get most of those then that's how you win and they're like, no, no, but what if we file 55 bullshit lawsuits after if we get to 75 do we get a free toast oven and get to keep the presidency i mean man i need this uh, strategy explained to me i hope there's well, some experts you, on if, here because it's new if you don't want to win an election by actually being popular with the people you can apparently <laughs> if you're the republican party you can apparently win by winning a scotus case i mean this is really the strategy they believe that if they can get enough uh, cases going that one of them lands up at these at the, uh, the Supreme Court. They have that uh, bench completely stacked in their favor. They will win the election, and it's not you know it's a thing we've seen before. We're not unfamiliar with this kind of thing happening in the past. Now, in order to get there, that you know you require a lot of things. For one thing, they need a an election that's really tight, an election that's really close, and we know that Biden's supporters showed up overwhelmingly. <laughs> yet somehow. Trump was able to pick up eight and a half million new supporters from the 2016 election. That's a phenomenal increase uh, for someone who has been pretty much stagnant in terms of his uh, popular opinion or his approval rating uh, in around the 39 to 44 um, percent bracket there. So how does he do that? How does he stay that stagnant and still pick up eight million new fans uh, who stood in line and did all the things they needed to do to vote for Donald Trump on election day or in the days preceding? That's a good question. And that's why Chris Vickery is here, because Chris, it all smells a little to me. It just smells. I mean, I look at these numbers and I, I don't understand how it's possible for him to have got all those additional supporters. How does he find 8 million new supporters? It's a mystery to me. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I certainly agree that it smells fishy, but I think the reason that I am here is mostly due to the fact that uh, I will admit there are ways to monkey with the U.S. election system. It's not foolproof. It's not disconnected from the internet. It's not as reliable as everybody makes it out to be. However, it's important to keep in mind that's not specific to this past election that is over the past 20 years. Uh, So it's not accurate to say there was no voter fraud because I'm sure there has been some somewhere. Uh, It's 
it's weird that they want to make a, an issue about it right now, though. And I think it would be wrong to make it an issue of this one particular election rather than keeping it in mind and fixing these systemic problems. Also, the word voter fraud can mean many things to many people, right? I mean, if you asked Donald Trump what voter fraud, it looks like he'll say it's someone voting twice or a few times. Um, if you asked uh, others, it would be the electric manipulation of, of fraud. It, you know, some people will also say that the what the U.S. Postal Service was doing was was contributing to fraud this year. So, you know, it's a pretty mushy word. But the one thing that I'm curious about is whether there was any tampering electronically? Like, was there anything done along the way as they were tabulating um, the data that would show 808 million new voters for Donald Trump? Like, is there is there a, something that would have, could have happened at least in that process of, hey, people voted to uh, people counting in the middle of that process? Was there a, a possibility that, that someone could have tampered with those votes? Oh, yes. Yes, there's many touch points where somebody could change things, alter things, influence things that would then be accurately described as no longer authentic. Uh, that's part of the problem is that there's so many of these places to inject false falsehoods and manipulation tactics that it's hard to keep track of all of it. And being met with a wall of denial for years and years about these concerns has been very disheartening. Mm -hmm. The, uh, leader of the Senate, McConnell, was out there yesterday saying there was no uh, foreign intervention this year in, in this year's election, as there was in, in 2016. Now, he said it very carefully, and he parsed to two different quotes by two different officials. But, you know, meaningful, meaningful, right? He said meaningful. And he also said foreign. I mean, it's quite possible there are domestic players just as good as the foreign players who could be uh, tampering with the numbers. Uh, and maybe they have done so for, for, for longer than just, you know, this, this election round or the one before that. But he's got gang of eight clearance, and he knows goddamn well that we had Cyber Command was blowing up, you know, all these uh, different operations in different countries. He knows we've slapped sanctions on Iran and stuff. Is no, I mean, uh, there was there, there was no meaningful. What? What? It didn't get your boy reelected. Is that you? Just that's your favorite kind of foreign interference. And you didn't have that this year. The kind that works. Yeah, there's just no pleasing some people. Hey, there is a. Into what I predicted would happen following the 2016 election, that was when it was demonstrated, and now domestic actors are saying, "Oh my God, that that does work. What did they do? Okay, let's let's start doing that ourselves." And they pick up on it and they start doing it domestically when it initially came in and was demonstrated by the foreign adverse entities. Right. You no longer need Russia to do it from St. Petersburg or wherever. They might be able to just have taught someone here. How easy is it? I mean, you talk about it being there's multiple ways of getting into the system, but how easy is it? Can Is it something that, you know, a high school student could do or does it require a certain amount of technical uh, know-how? It takes time more than technical know-how, although technical know-how does help. I have come across myself individually uh, over the past four or five years, more than enough authentication, credentials, logins, and general access just being left out on the public internet that I am confident, and I've said this multiple times, that I could choose any particular state and guarantee the winner of it. I am certain over four years as an individual with what I have come across, I could have chosen the winner of any one state. Uh, I'm not willing to go further than that, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you could have selected anybody? Anybody? You would have... Or does it have to be I someone who's Mickey Mouse and I'm certain for one of the 50 states plus, yeah. you know, D.C., really? whatever territories. Uh, it obviously would have been caught very quickly and possibly not ever, you know, mentioned outside of the initial area that I chose to have it reported in. But mm. I'm certain I could have. I mean, I, I've seen the insides of ESNS's network for Chicago back when UpGuard came across that data breach. Mm. There were plain text credentials. There were email logins. There was tons of things that you can pivot from if you understand how technology and the cyber work and go from there. There's really no limit to what could be done with a really skilled team with time on their hands. Hmm. And that's, you know, go ahead, Nina. What um, isn't, doesn't MIT and Stanford have some kind of um, elections uh, security investigation 
process going on that's been going on for a while. Why are they not studying this? Are they only studying the disinformation, misinformation chains? Well, I believe the reports that I've seen come out of the entity you're talking about raises plenty of concerns about the voter in the voter level hardware as well as mm-hmm. theoretical problems and all. But they've never had such a they've never had things like uh, ESNS database backups in front of them, just handed to them with credentials and mappings of all the networks. They've never had that, as far as I'm aware, just mm-hmm. laying there in front of them. And that has been made available on the public internet in the past. It was secured, thankfully, when we found it, but it's been out there. Hmm. Why so are they ignoring it then, these experts? I don't think they're, well, they're focused on one thing and they're doing a very good job on the thing they're focused on, but it's not an all encompassing, fully comprehensive situation where they're looking at all the angles possible. Hmm. There's also a thing that people don't want to discuss the, 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 they don't want to criticize the system, right? So no matter who's in charge or who might be winning or who might be losing, there are people on the, on the Biden front who don't want to be making accusations against the Republicans because it would ultimately hurt the credibility of the system itself and may hurt the credibility of their win. Is that an issue for people confronting these challenges? Yes, absolutely. That is an issue. And unfortunately, it's one of those things that... S- you can ignore the snowball for so long as it runs down the hillside, eventually it's going to build into something too big to control. Mm. And we're reaching one of those points where you just can't deny it any longer and you got to deal with it. Otherwise one side's going to jump over it and start talking about it. And there's all these years of evidence and, and theory and proven uh, proof of concept uh, ideas that have been out there in papers to back it up and they're going to twist it and say, okay, look, there really has been all this fraud and security problems and we have to redo the whole election and we can't really let that be a, a weapon. It just needs to be dealt with. But so isn't taking- that happening right now? Mm-hmm. They're trying to definitely, but I think speaking the truth is always a good idea and being uh, alert to what, malicious entities are trying to do with the truth is also key. You don't want to feed ammo, but you have to stick with the truth. It sounds like it's easy enough to do, and it seems rewarding enough to do if you really want power and and corruption uh, for yourself. It seems like, why wouldn't they? Like, there's no real consequences by by all accounts. I mean, especially if you're a foreign person, it doesn't seem like you can really, you pay a price, maybe you get an indictment, but but that's it. You know, you don't, there's no, there's no penalty for doing any of this in reality. It seems to be why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you go do this? And that's what the uh, you know DHS and and various other entities have been pushing out recently. That the strategy is we need to make consequences to the entities that are trying to do this, or actually doing this, or even thinking about doing this. We need to make the risk versus reward formula heavier on the risk, and uh, to the point that it outweighs the reward, because. Up, up till about now, the risk has been very little, and the reward obviously has been very large. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you're Russian. And why the are they place. not? Why has? And I, I, I assume that it's you're referring to efforts to get more uh, election security in there, and it's 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 McConnell who stopped that. Is that what you're referring to? Mm-hmm. McConnell has stopped that from happening. Mitch McConnell, the Senate Republicans. Uh, have turned down these requests or have refused to entertain them. Is that what you're referring to, Chris? That's an element, but more of what I'm referring to is, hey, the only threat we have to worry about is Islamic terrorism and nobody else is a threat at all in the world. No, Russia has been a threat. They have continued to be a threat. We need to take them seriously because somebody in a cave that has no access to a a botnet and no technical savvy is not as big a threat as somebody sitting in the Kremlin. Or someone domestically. I mean, you know, the thing is we've seen about domestic players lately is that there can be as dangerous as any foreign terrorists and um, or foreign adversaries. And it's certainly beginning to be an issue that we should think about locally here. Let's take a look at sort of these five steps that I um, outlined for how Donald Trump might steal an election. This is an election 
This is why I couldn't sleep the night before the election. Because I was like, oh, they're going to do this. You know, I started putting all the things that they've been saying and I put it together in these five steps. But, you know, the one thing they started doing was first they made, they messed with the ballots, right? They, they had Louis DeJoy in there at the U.S. Postal Service. We don't know quite the extent of how much damage they caused. Although, Eric, you were saying before we got in the air that there did you have some details about how widespread the uh, USPS um, ballots uh, sending was, was wrong and how mail got misdelivered. Right. There was um, there was new data that was uh, delivered to the district of uh, the District of Columbia Court under Judge Emmett Sullivan, who's been looking into the U.S. Postal Service performance all throughout this election cycle, um, trying to make sure that Louis DeJoy's outfit uh, performed in certain areas. And and if you remember his his minute order, the the places that that Judge Sullivan was most interested in were swing states mm-hmm. and it was they were looking at the hey you, you guys need to go sweep these postal de- um, delivery or distribution centers and the data is starting to come back in and the difference in performance from places where there were senators uh who were at risk and the and the polling showed them to be you know quite weak and potentially you know replaced this election cycle thus maybe causing a real heartache for uh, the Republican Party. Um, Northern New England, which would cover Maine, um, you know, Colorado, um, places of that, you know, Florida, places of that nature. Pennsylvania was quite hard. Pennsylvania and Texas. And Mm -hmm. the data is starting to come in of those very specific locales, the the performance numbers of of getting those ballots in, postmarked, on time, in accordance with state laws so that they would be counted properly. Um, you know, they are statistically significant. You, you're talking about, you know, 98% quality scores in, in, in places that really are heavily, you know, super Republican uh, areas or super Democrat leaning areas, but in parts of Wisconsin and, and Colorado, et cetera, it's off by, you know, it's 50%, 55%, 40%. Um, and, and around the days around the election. So, you know, I th- you know, I think it's good that there was such a groundswell that there's no question that the United States population has repudiated Donald Trump and the GOP. And uh, at least said very clearly, despite all the roadblocks put up, despite the mismanagement of COVID and increasing the, the danger for people to even vote and all the, the attempts at you know, but requiring notary publics and all, all manner of interference or bureaucratic morass. Despite that, turnout was historic. And yet somehow there's these numbers are just so close. So close. They're just all they just seem un, unusual. I mean, I'm, I'm I live here in the St. Louis area and the uh, the turnout was really spectacular. And yet our governor, who's not he wasn't elected. Uh, he replaced uh, disgraced Governor Eric Greitens, uh, who left after I think his third felony charge. <laughs> um, you know that still hasn't been resolved. Uh, he won by twenty points, and it's like smelly hmm. doesn't smell right. I mean the same thing with McConnell and Graham. I mean those those seats are unbelievable. Uh, those two won so so clearly. Um, but the thing that makes it strikes me, is, you know, going back to the USPS thing, is here is the Republican Party clearly using its postmaster general um, to to perpetuate a fraud. But it's not the Democrats that are going to to SCOTUS to complain about that. It's the Republicans who are complaining about fraud. And there's you know there's a lot less evidence on that side. Plenty of evidence on the on the Republican side that the United States Postal Service was being misused uh, to send ballots or um, deliver ballots too late uh, back in two directions, both to the voters and then back to the counting stations. And the thing that seems to be so striking to me is they wanted these results not to necessarily be clear victories for um, for Trump or for Biden. What they wanted was something really close in all these states, because if you get something that's really close in all these states, then you can go to the courts. Um, they knew their chances of winning outright just based on the on the voters will was not going to succeed. So they knew they had to use um, some sort of mechanism to make the 
the the race really tight. That could be the, the ballots deliver, delivered late, the ballots delivered late, sorry about that, or it could mean other means, like potentially hacks or other electronic uh, manipulation once the ballots had been cast. So that's an interesting thing to think about in terms of how this gets to the Supreme Court, is the importance of it being really close and these needs for recounts and there needs to be a questioning of, of the validity of those ballots. And then we get to the to the hacks. And there's not no, there's not many known hacks, but there's a couple of very suspicious looking places. You know, in, in Miami, in Dade County, there was 200,000 um, new voters, it seemed like they came out of nowhere, and they showed up in favor of the Republicans, mostly from Cuban Americans. Some people say it was related to some sort of like on-air disinformation campaign that happened that weekend. But most others say that that doesn't seem that likely, that that one um, disinformation thing on a Sunday would not have necessarily moved 200,000 voters on a, on a Tuesday. So it's the kind of thing that there are elements of, of or these districts or counties within states that are questionable. Chris, have you guys been picking up any of that? If any of these specific counties that look a little bit more questionable, do they, do they show up on your radar? Well, coincidentally, there was a county that uh, I I came across as as part of a overall survey that UpGuard was looking at uh, cloud status for elections infrastructure just around the whole nation, doing a general idea of okay, who has buckets that are open in the Amazon cloud, who has Google cloud hosting, and and which ones are being more uh, responsible about it than others, and the biggest find out of that whole thing in the last couple of months was Martin County, Florida. We found a database backup that had at least six supervisor of elections login credentials for the county's intranet in there. Now, I'm not saying that you could use that definitively to change vote totals, but if that's a capability that the Martin County supervisor of elections has, then it's obviously an assumption that that would be a risk of those credentials being exposed to the public internet like that. Mm-hmm. And that's just one way of, of manipulating the votes. There could be so many others. Can you describe the process that people go through when they go into a polling station? There's these machines, right? There's the electronic voting machines, or there, there's some other terminology, I guess, that's used for them. What happens at the machine, and can the machine stage be, be vulnerable to any hacking? Or does it get hacked later on down the data pipeline? There was a type of machine called a DRE, which was a direct recording with no paper trail behind it, and those have pretty much fallen out of favor. These days they use BMDs, which are ballot marking devices that they claim is a paper ballot, even though there's a printer printing onto the paper, and that's more of a receipt than a paper ballot. Uh, Theoretically, you could do something because it's, it's an electronic device, and there are input ports, and there's uh, auxiliary ports where you could, you know, if you were a real crazy hacker guy, you could figure out some way to exploit the machine. Anything that takes input can be hacked. But that's not really the biggest risk because that is the point where it would be most likely to be caught. You would have a timestamp of when the anomaly started. You would have video of the person going and interacting with the machine and all that stuff. So while it is possible, it's really not the most likely scenario. Okay, so when is the most likely scenario? Is that at the tabulation stage or is there another stage in between that? The biggest risk that I see in the current end of the the tabulation and and precinct level voting systems is A, the laptops that administrators of the elections use because they in some places actually rent them from like rent-a-center type establishments, uh, which is a terrible idea because if you don't own the hardware and you can't audit it after and before the fact, you can't trust it. So malware being on those laptops of some sort or just backdoor access is one big concern. And then the other one is the wireless modems inside the central tabulation machines that send out the totals because they're connecting through mobile towers, AT&T, Verizon, those companies. And there's a whole class of device called, uh, they are known as stingrays, basically. They're they're interception devices that act like a cell tower. And if something, if a device of that nature is close to the tabulator, it's going to connect to it because it's right next door. It's the best signal. And they can argue all day long that, oh, it's encrypted and nobody could change it, blah, blah, blah. But 
you can't prove that. And the ability to intercept that signal does exist. The ability to modify traffic does exist. It's just a question of it, the risk versus reward calculation for any particular location. What about built-in backdoors? Is that a situation that people, does that exist? I, mean, I guess we don't know because that's the point behind backdoors. But is there a threat to the whole election system just based on, on an unknown uh, backdoor or something that's just, you know, hasn't we haven't caught yet or can't see? Yeah, humans are seemingly unable to develop software without putting backdoors in it. This is seen over and over and over again, with especially with small office, home office, router type devices. These companies, the biggest names in the industry, keep getting popped with people finding undocumented backdoors in the firmware, in the software, in the, the device itself. Uh, they just seem incapable of developing them without putting in a secret way to get access. Mm-hmm. So it could be likely, likely is, especially if it's a foreign country. I mean, you've got someone like a, a Russia or, you know, someone with a very developed infrastructure, even China who makes a lot of this stuff. You know, why wouldn't they put a black backdoor into these, into these devices? It seems almost standard. The risk of being caught is the only reason I can think of. And, you know, uh, ironically, the ESNS manufacturing place where they birth all of the elections machines uh, or at least 44% of the U.S. market, is in the Philippines. And they get shipped through Shanghai. And then they arrive in the U.S. after that. The ESNS claims that, oh, the final installation happens at our central U.S. warehouse or whatever. But I'm more interested in where you're sourcing it from and where it's born and what firmware already exists before you get it and put it together. And they go out of their way to hide the fact that it comes from the Philippines. Well, I'm sure it's, you know, these bastions of democracy. Um, wow, that's really interesting. I had no idea about there that they originated from the Philippines. Um, I want to just run through, well, actually, you guys want, want to jump in with a couple of questions or, or comments, Nina or Eric, um, and then I'll jump back into the results and see how, how we can learn a little bit about whether there's some, uh, some fiddling going on. Oh, well, I have a, I have a um, you know, I'm not a techie, so I have a question for Chris. Uh, uh, why must the vote, the, the, the tally, be atta- attached to the World Wide Web? Is there, is there no way to vote without making it vulnerable to this, you know, worldwide system? Can't we just count paper ballots again? I mean, other countries do that. We easily could. Easily. Handmarked paper ballots, buy some pens, get the paper, and count them with people from both sides or multiple sides of political parties watching, agree on what the, the vote is for, and tally it, and, and record it. I mean, it's as simple as that. It may take some time, but this time around, we proved that having a, a month or a week spent counting votes is not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, people don't mind that. People would rather have that than all this questioning going on. Eric, any any thoughts or questions? Uh, tons. Mm-hmm. So. Keep going. I'll keep, <laughs> I'll keep going. I'll, I'll stop yakking in a second here. But uh, here's the the national numbers this year. This is Democrats on the on the left, Republicans on the right, and the combined. I mean, it certainly looks like the national. These are not up to date. This is not Steve uh, Kanaki's um, data feed. Who knows how many hours or days old some of these are? But what I'm looking at here is really this red but this red number at the bottom of the GOP column, and that's the number of of um, of votes increased from the 2016 election to the 2020 election for Donald Trump. So 8, 8.76 million, because he's base grew by 8.76 billion, million. It's just not, not feasible, of course. Um, this is what Texas looked like. Um, did his base really grow by 1 million voters in Texas? Really? That seems a lot. Uh, in, in Florida, mm. here's the 5.66 million that he got. After getting, tech, uh, getting Florida really tightly last time it was with 4.61 where did these million new um donald trump voters show up from they just don't make any sense to me um here's pennsylvania where he grew from 2.9 because it's almost three to 3.32 but you know he narrowly won that so where did he find these new guys where did they show up it's a very close election certainly the polling numbers did not look like that um in michigan Quickly, it's a 0.38. That's pretty standard. Uh, not standard, but it's it's understandable, maybe. Um, in Georgia, 
I mean, it's tight there, right? And we know that the de Democrats did a huge run up there just before the just before the elections, and it was so close. This seems like an unlikely number that he got another, you know, three hundred thousand um, votes there. Um, so there's and some me methodologically, you need to remember that one of the ways they used Facebook and Russian intelligence got into this. They found these these shy voters they found people that wanted to vote for trump that they right. needed to be identified i think this time around they found people that really liked the plague their kids not being able to go to school 17 percent unemployment and rampant fraud they must be out there i guess yeah. they have these tech maybe we'll learn about it later and that's maybe the millions of people who showed up sure it's a bigger election a lot of people would have shown up but there's a lot of reasons that you could justify it but it just seems like He's the most unpopular guy in the world. He's busy killing people around the country. He's got, you know, he's super spreader events are enough to freak yeah, anybody that, out. That's what, that's what you and I think. I know, and I mean, I we've know. talked about this before, you know, we're siloed yeah. off. I yeah. mean, we're reading the New York Times mm. and, you know, we're not watching Fox News 24-7 uh, and reading Breitbart. And if you're in that, if you're in that info universe, then you're going to find the people that Eric just described. They're out there. They're mm -hmm. out there. They're all over the place. We're just not, we're siloed off from them. Although you would expect you'd also find them in the polling and the exit polling. And in both the polling and the exit polling, we did not see that. And I mean, polling could be- Not if they're embarrassed. Not if well, they're embarrassed. In to, exit to polling, they tend to tell you the truth. They really do. Rapist. Yeah, but in exit polling, there's thousands and thousands of people are exit polled. It's not just a small sample. It's a lot of people. If you're sure, a small amount of them might be embarrassed to tell you. But for there to be such a disparity between the final result and the exit polling, that to me is really questionable. And, you know, the whole thing about polling suddenly being so unreliable, you know, maybe it's the voting actuals that are unreliable and not, and not the polling. I don't know. I mean, I remember, I remember when W won uh, the second time. Uh, exit polls, up until that point, I thought exit polls were infallible. Mm -hmm. And I went to sleep and I woke up and he had won. Uh, and I've never forgotten that because it just seemed so wrong, so off. So maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But maybe there's also something wrong with the polls. I mean, Frank Luntz, you know, master GOP pollster, I just saw him on uh, on Twitter the other day, I think, saying, this is the end of polling. Our industry has been destroyed by this. And for him to say that is, that's a pretty big deal. It is, especially because it's only happening in America where some of the best pollsters in the world live. And everywhere <laughs> else in the world, polling seems to work still. I mean, it just seems... I don't know. Maybe, did it work? Maybe, with didn't Brexit? work for Brexit. You're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Brexit not. Similar group of people involved. Um, I won't bore you with any more of these pages of numbers, but the you know the overall feeling for me is there is some you know some fancy uh, manipulation or call it hacking, call it whatever that may have happened during this process in order to ultimately, and this goes back to where I want to get to with Gore v. Bush, in order to get it to the um, to the Supreme Court, because much the same way as we're talking about today about uh, these the strategy to get this election to the Supreme Court. Gore v. Bush was pretty much the same kind of story. It was, it was Florida. It all came down to that one, that one county and that one state where there were, you know, it was very close. They needed Florida for Bush to win. And um, they were counting the votes and, and they were recounting or they were getting ready to recount. And then Roger Stone with, with Kavanaugh, our now, our now Supreme Court justice, beer-loving, crying justice, uh, involved, they ran the Brooks Brothers riot, the white, the white riot. They, mm -hmm. they charged in to that, that county office and stopped them from counting the votes. And, you know, they were, they went, then, then it went to the court, Supreme Court and the Supreme Court said, yeah, it's just too disruptive. You know, let's not go forward with this. And, um, I think that that's the game plan here. Mm. You know, let's just get it, please. Let's get it to our court. You know, they, he's got, he thinks that he owns those people. He's given three of them jobs, lifetime positions. And I think that's been the game plan all along. And they, you know, if they can just get, and I really think that, you know, the, the jubilation on, on Saturday was premature and people forget that this, this president this man, this real estate tycoon, has been using the law of this country 
manipulating it, using it as a cudgel, manipulating it, outwitting it for decades. Mm-hmm. And that's the plan. I mean, they are going to, they, all they need, they'll play whack-a-mole until they find something that they can take up there. And that's the plan. And then they think that the, they'll get those votes. It is, it, it's always been clear to me. And there are many, many, many hundreds of ways for them to do that. They don't need a hanging chad. Mm-hmm. You know, they, have, they can find, a, you know, I mean, at the moment, all of their efforts have been ridiculed. Uh, you know, you have, you had Rudy at the, um, at the four seasons the other day. Right. And then, and you know, that's the coda. I mean, there's so many articles written about how that was the coda on the Trump presidency. That was the end, you know, he, this, this idiotic spectacle between, a uh, a dildo shop and a crematorium <laughs> and, and Rudy, you know, praising, calling on the, on the, uh, almighty to, uh, to 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 rid, to laugh at the at the media, that was the end, and you know it, it's not the end. It's not no. the end at all. This is that was just a circus. That was in fact, you know, just another diversionary clownish tactic, so that everybody's jumping up and down in New York City and bells are gonging in Paris and it's over. And meanwhile, they've got their Jones Day lawyers and their mm. Porter Wright lawyers who are out there and who have been out there for months scurrying around they know exactly what bureaucratic uh levers that they can push they know exactly what they need to make that happen they have been out there you know scouring these states waiting for this moment and now the plan is in place and that's mm-hmm. why you get bar opening the opening it to the feds exactly i mean it's it, it's you know this is not something they planned this for a very long time they're not just going to give it up because Rudy got in front of the, you know, and, and in fact, I mean, that may well have been just some clownish diversion, yet another Trump and clownish diversion, and everybody laughs. And then the next thing you know, the Supreme Court is going, oh, sorry, you know, we're going to have to have, we're going to have to let these state legislators decide this. And boom, everybody's going to be surprised. And it's, you know, it's just the Trump playbook. It's and never they, been any different. They don't actually even need to win the cases going up. You know, they would be quite happy to lose the case in the federal court. What they need is a no, reason to appeal it. They're running out the clock. Yeah, they're all they need is a reason. Clock, yeah, what he does. Yeah, and they need to appeal it so they can get it to the Supreme Court. So it could be anything. They could lose the case, and then anything. they'll appeal it on some technicality, and then it'll go up anything. and up until it gets to the Supreme anything. Court. So people who are looking at these cases and saying there's no, there's no case in the cases. Yeah, there's no case there. That's not the point. The point is to get it to the Supreme Court. And when it gets to the Supreme Court, there are three judges on there that were formerly involved with the Gore v. Bush um, case, in fact, on the Bush side, including Amy Coney Barrett, who's now the new justice sitting there. It's not going to be a fair hearing. It's just not. It's going. To, we know it's stacked um, six, nine, uh, um, six to three. We know it's stacked that way. And we know it's going to be a challenge for uh, the Democrats to win in that in that court. Um, no matter what you say, I know we have to respect our institutions and this. But the reality of this case is that Donald Trump uh, pointed three of those of those judges. And I agree with you, Nina. I think that's exactly where they're heading to. It's very um, daunting for all of us because we know there won't be much of a democracy on the other side of that. Yet, Eric, earlier on, you were saying that you feel that there's movement in the world of, of prosecution and that there's awareness, at least, um, of some of the stuff going around in the U.S. Postal Service and some of the other uh, interference uh, efforts. That maybe there's, there's some policing or some investigation going on around this? Well, I, I obviously couldn't speak to any ongoing investigations. I will say the specificity with which Judge Sullivan knew exactly where to go looking for ballots that may not have been delivered. And lo and behold, those are the places where there specifically were deficiencies. Um, God, it's quite a coincidence. Um, And, you know, when you're talking about multiple people like that, you're talking about conspiracy, Uh, you know, slowing down the mail at all is is a crime but if you're talking about defrauding elections um then you get into 42 us code subsection 1985 aka the ku klux klan act uh if you if you 
intentionally seek to deprive someone of one of their fundamental civil rights, uh, such as voting, running for office, etc., you're afoul of the Ku Klux Klan Act. And uh, yep. And that, that uh, there was a case that came down, um, I think, in the Southern District of New York, you know, that one place you don't want to be sued or taken to court criminally. You know, this is, I think we're in a really interesting moment. And, and I think Chris's, um, you know, analysis of this, you know, look, there has been, you know, uh, there, you know, there's been voter, uh, there's been problems in the American voting system since what the Emancipation Proclamation. That's when things got really nasty, right? Mm. Um, you know, uh, so, you know, suffrage for women. I mean, we this more perfect union. We keep mm. trying to improve this system, but of of late, you know, it's very clear there's a lot of complexity in here, and you know, there has uh, to Nina's point, these guys have been working on this kind of stuff for years. And um, some one data point on the prosecution side that I found really interesting was, um, I believe, Pross Michelle, uh, who was tied up in the 1MDB uh, money laundering uh, scandal from Malaysia there. He, I, he, when he was, in, I believe, indicted, it was for the 2012 election, and he was sneaking foreign money in to the Obama campaign. Oh. And uh, we have George Nader, who was taken down on his his absolutely disgusting uh, crimes against children. However, you know, he is a person of interest in the Mueller report because he was, you know, uh, very likely coordinating money from foreign countries into not just the Trump uh, campaign, but the Clinton campaign as well. Yeah, I remember so, that. You know, when you see those, you know, when you see, wait a minute, you guys were getting both sides of this. And if you remember, you know, in a, another operation you got, go go back to 2016 and think of uh, Roger Stone, who started in, in, in October, you got this, this chorus of, it's rigged, the whole thing's rigged. This is before Trump accidentally, they, they pushed it over the line and he won, <laughs> um, you know they were starting to say the whole thing's rigged and that's going to be stolen. And Roger Stone said, if this election is stolen, then America's going to turn into a bloodbath. Mm. <clears throat> and, you know, the whole point was to, ha you know, if you, if you look at all these glitches that, that happened, and then you, you look at some money that may have gone to the Clinton foundation uh, as, you know, forget the Trump stuff. We know, I mean, he took money from the dictator, dictator of Egypt, but if you get both sides and you know, Trump was really, you know, a tool of the Russians and then Hillary's got her bad stuff. If you're like a libertarian billionaire and you just want to do away with this butt pain called democracy, that's how you do it. Mm -hmm. You make it all look bad. And maybe that's why you get, you get uh, help from your friends, the Russians, because that's what they want to do to the West so mm -hmm. they can justify it with their own people to go, you and democracy, look at how democracy turns out. They don't have real elections either, guys. They have mm -hmm. oligarchs too. So how about just shut up and here's some extra vodka. Absolutely. So, the, the, you know, two things you mentioned, the suppression of voters, when you talk about that, that Ku Klux Klan, Klan uh, bill or that law, um, boy, the amount of suppression that went on, especially in places in the South, you know, in Kentucky, where Mitch McConnell got reelected, there was one polling station, I think for, well, I don't want to mis mispronounce the, the fact, but there was so few polling stations in the black areas and so many in the white areas um, that it seems mm -hmm. to me like it was an organized effort to suppress the vote and, and make sure McConnell won, um, even though, you know. For about 140 years, yes. Yeah, for about 140 <laughs> years, exactly. But, you know, this stuff has been going on and has become institutionalized in a way that's, you know, acceptable, but we we don't connect the consequences of those of those systems because you know had Bush not gone to, not won at the Supreme Court, Gore would have won. Gore would have won that election, and then we might not have had twenty years of war or whatever it is that Bush led us into right afterwards. No so, ISIS, no, yeah, no ISIS, all these no things. Five million refugees in Europe, and no need to elect a nativist uh, Donald Trump. Incredible uh, how. Uh, consequential that that theft was, and that's yeah. that it was a stolen election. Uh, I, I don't even know if this one can be compared to that in its in its consequence. It was well, unbelievable. We, we won't know really until you know the next right. twenty years, and who knows what they have planned. <laughs> Certainly, if anything 
the last four years is anything to go by. You know, this is not going to be a kind future to America if if Donald Trump remains in power. So it's not, you know, it's not these, it would sound so, sound so limited to just polling stations and data and, you know, does it really matter if a few hundred thousand people vote a different way or disenfranchised in a certain area? And it does. It does matter because elections have consequences. And here we are stuck in a situation where there is a machine about to get us to the Supreme Court with a with a with an election that seems clearly won by Joe Biden, are we? Are we? I'll say that not as the we, but as are Democrats acting in the right way by just standing back as they are doing right now and saying we're legitimately won this? Those cases have no right to uh, to proceed, and they have their you know their bad cases. Or should they be doing I something think else? They should be. They should be calling a general strike. They should be boycotting Amazon. All of these. I mean. The, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the, the toolkit, you know, running into the streets and protesting isn't going to stop this. Mm-hmm. But um, if you hit them where the pocketbook is, I, I suppose it is. I mean, it sounds like Pakistan or something where you have to do that, but it is, that's where we're at now. I do want to say one thing about the, mm-hmm. about the Ku Klux Klan uh, voter suppression law. You know, I mean, we, you know, we, we're, we're pretty bleak here. I mean, everything that we're saying here is pretty mm-hmm. dark and pretty bleak, but we do have to give credit to um, the Democrats for you know, where they did play by the rules and managed to do, you know, like Stacey Abrams in Georgia, just mind blowing, you know, you know, I mean, that a million voters, I think she signed up who'd never voted before. I mean, against all of these chicanery and these odds against them, these people have been brought forward, new voters have been brought in. And you know, this is why the this is why the tricks are getting more and more overt and outrageous, and this is why we have mm-hmm. you know the entire Republican Party getting behind this outrageous thing. Um, you have lawyers who are you know white shoe lawyers getting involved in this game because they absolutely have to maintain this system of voter suppression, especially in the South. And if they, if they could pull that off in Georgia, now, I don't know, I'm sure they're going to try to steal those Senate seats. They are. You know, even with those people today. elected, uh, I mean, uh, with these new voters, I think they're, you know, their odds are, you know, it's two steps back, one step forward. It's horrendous. It's heartbreaking. But I think that the you know, again, I think the writing's on the wall for these people. If they can't, they have to d- absolutely destroy the system because the demographics are not on their side. And, you know, what if that starts to spread in North Carolina and Louisiana? They lose the South. They start getting black voters out there in large numbers. And, you know, this is what the full Civil War was fought over. Mm-hmm. They knew in the state of North Carolina that there were more black people by three to one. They had black slaves that outnumbered white people to such an extent that they were going to lose everything. And, you know, here we are, what, 150 years? I'm not good with the math. We are so far past that, and they're still playing that game. It's, you know, it's it's tragic. It's tragic that we, you know, we, this great experiment of our heterogeneous society and, uh, you know, is tainted with white supremacy and, uh, these these games that they're still playing, but I think that over time, you know, this we're moving in the right direction, slowly but surely moving in the right direction. I do think that if they manage to pull off this this theft right now, uh, it's going to be massively disheartening for a lot of people. And they're going and what you know what are the Democrats? Where are the leaders? They are going to have to call a general strike. They're going to have to boycott all of these Silicon Valley, uh, you know, where the, hit them where the money is. Boy, people stay home. Don't go to work. Don't go, don't get on the airplanes. Don't get, you know, have to stay home anyway because of the pandemic. But I mean, shut it down. Shut we it may, down. We may, you know, if, the, if this tr- trend continues, we might have two people claiming to be president at one time come January. Um, and it's, Sorry, yeah, go ahead, Chris. No, it's like Ukraine. It's like Belarus, or you know, yeah. it's insane. That's what they want. They want. That's what Russia wants. It wants basic civil chaos here, and that's what they'll get if this happens. Go ahead. There's a silver lining on that demographic angle. 
On September 11, 2001, I was 17 years old and in high school. My generation was never fooled by the phony Republican narratives that have been pushed down people's throats. And we are coming of age mm -hmm. where I am old enough to actually be president if I was elected. I am 36 now. You only have to be 35. Mm -hmm. And the people that see through it, that whole generation is now old enough to be the president. And they are in so much trouble because we don't buy it. Yes. Yes, here we are. You know, here's the thing that like we've got a few weeks before these votes are actually certified. Why I'm raising all the, my concerns around the Republican numbers here is because I think we need to do a really strict audit to try to figure out exactly who these 8 million additional voters were and if they really were there, because that sort of cuts off the path to a lot of the um, of the Supreme Court and all these other, um, you know, cases, because if it's not close in any of these states, then there's no real case. Because that's the only reason you get to the, to the Supreme Court. Now, you know, I don't Steph, know how we... Yeah. Can, can, yeah, can I bring a little rant, yeah. rant into this? Yeah, yeah rant mind. away. We're talking about fucking counting. Mm. We've been to the moon. <laughs> okay, we're talking, we're talking about click here and then we count it up. Mm -hmm. This should not... No, no, we, we, we'd sequence the fucking genome. We figured out how proteins are made in our cells, etc., and so on. This is counting. We should be able to work out how to count up who do you want. You want this Biden guy or the Queens mobster guy? Who would you like? Click here and, and count it. The fact that we have so many problems is because somebody is benefiting off those problems. Mm -hmm. And I think we got a lot of smart people and, you know, they wanted to push us down the road to us being cynical and go, oh, the whole system sucks. So they could just mm -hmm. steal everything that wasn't nailed down. But I think to bring this in a, a brighter direction, one, we know how to fix the problem. And I don't even know if it's blockchain or an abacus, but mm -hmm. fix the whole counting thing. <laughs> Paper ballots. I want to hear Chris explain what the problem is. Don't say blockchain and solution in the same sentence with voting. Don't, don't go down that road. I was don't just trolling you. I was just trolling you, brother. I, uh, <laughs> we're talking, we're, yeah, this, so the, the tech is out there, right, for the counting. Um, but on the bright side here, you know, we got people who refuse to relinquish this democracy, even, even with the risk that they're, they might get sick standing in line, even with the, the risk that maybe they wouldn't, their vote wouldn't be counted or whatever. They still did it. And they did in record numbers. And you look at the turnouts talking to demographics that there was this huge boost in the 18 to 29 year old. Um, category. We were just, you know, record numbers of people voting. We, we didn't just, you know, repudiate this Queens mobster. We said, no, we want a, we want a democratic government and we want a democracy. And that's, that's a pretty cool thing out of all this. Yeah, and look, the reason we can see this uh, huge number of, of Republican voters that suddenly appeared for Donald Trump is because they were trying to match, I'll say trying to match, uh, those the incredible numbers that Biden was getting. Mm -hmm. And Biden was getting such a huge number that they had to go to these extremes of finding another 8 million people in order to get close. Um, and, you know, I that's have, why... Go ahead, Nina. I just have a question related to this because, it, for Chris, it, if what Zev is, is uh, theorizing is worth looking at, how would you decide whether those 8 million, that number is fake? How could you do that now? In a, what is the forensic that goes back, that, that can go back into the machine and do that? Is it possible to even identify it? In the current situation, it would take more time to forensically, provably, show that than there mm -hmm. is available. So the best way that I can think of is change it the next time around to hand mark paper ballots so there can be no monkeying and then compare the result. You will see a huge disparity between electronics, which can be programmed to lie and hand marked paper ballots. Mm -hmm. Wow. And if you don't well, want to wait till I next hope time, I have a chance to testify <laughs> on, on the Hill yeah. when the when the Democrats take back over. But you know they may not want it either. I'm sorry, 
but it's, it's you true. know. It's true. They could both be benefiting. Know. Although I do think that all the indications in the past have been that the Republicans have had more of a reach into the, into the tabulation systems than, than the Democrats or anybody else. But who knows? Because they can't win any other nope. way. Right. Exactly. Well, let's not, guys, let's not forget 19, 1960 and go back to some of the, the, the Democratic cities and the, the potential in influence of organized crime. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that this is a, you know, an equally dumb problem today, but there's uh, been, there's a rich history of messing around with, with voting. Let's just figure out how to count. Yeah, right. and nail it down you know I, I like the paper ballots mark it here maybe through you know and, and then it, and yeah we maybe we can't go back and redo this election but let's do next one and see if it gets a whole lot more accurate mm -hmm. i really don't know if we'll have another election honestly if, if mm -hmm. trump lands up in power the odds of another election are just so slim so slim Roman, Roman because he's walking away with this one yeah i mean it's just we're not going to be in that situation where our institutions can survive another four years of this guy i mean it, it, we're already just stumbling to the finish line here it just seems so hard to imagine what everything would look like in four years from now without nato without our allies without you know just it, it's it's who knows without any coherent coronavirus plan i mean who knows what this country is going to look like within a year and so you know I hope there's a way to figure this out now, uh, but if not, um, you know, I think the more we can highlight this obvious narrative by the Republicans to try and steal an election, they did not try to win this at the ballot box. They are trying to win it at SCOTUS. SCOTUS is completely biased. We cannot afford to go down this route. We have to find another way or at least expose this as narrative as being pretty, you know, cynical and vastly undemocratic this is not what democracies are meant to be about final thoughts for everybody anyone want to go yeah i i think yes. they did try but there was they had no chance <laughs> yeah but then they did some craziness so they did try at the ballot box they did did they try i don't know if they really tried to win at the ballot box because maybe they would have figured out a coronavirus plan that would have been a little less uh, deadly i mean amongst other things you know i don't know if the republicans <laughs> tried but who knows well, if you try and you only have a half a percentage chance or one in a million shot, you're not going to try very hard. Right. Right. Yeah. And all the, all the prognosticators were saying that they had such limited chance. Um, go ahead, Eric. Well, as, as far as looking forward and uh, potential scenarios, you know, we look to leadership to, to guide us and to set the tone. It's one of the things we've been missing so terribly. And I know everybody watching this and everybody on this panel and everybody, everybody, everyone's exhausted from all this, which is why it was so great to see Joe Biden's press conference today, you know, because I was thinking about all these same things we're talking about here today. I was percolating in my head. And uh, one of the questions came up, well, what, what, do you, what do you say, you know, Mr. Biden, about all these Republicans who may not agree that you're president and, you know, and don't want to work with you. And, and Joe just looked into the camera and just said, they will. And then Mike drop and, and takes off. I was like, that is what we needed. He seems he, he, he if Joe's cool, I'm cool. And that they're is playing the it point right, of leadership. Sure. Yeah, they really are doing a good job of playing it right there. Um, Nina, any last thoughts? Well, I agree with uh, with Eric. I mean, uh, you know, watching watching Biden, um, he's calm. He's um, he's authentically human, which is so weird. I mean, watching the speech the other <laughs> night. I mean, you guys may have already gone over this, but uh, wow, you know, yeah. they're, they're they're these people are human. They act like humans. They look human. They interact like humans. And I'm mm. still baffled at how the other side, other the, who don't, you can look at the Trump family and think that's natural, normal human behavior. And I, I you know, that's for another, that's for another day. But I just, um, that's, mm. I'm still, you know, it's three days later, four days later, I'm still just sort of mind boggled by it. Yeah, and Biden's so presidential, so elegant. Mm -hmm. His family is so wonderful. Jill Biden is incredible. 
uh, Kamala and her husband are also terrific. I mean, there's just such a, and uh, these are terrific uh, civil servants and people who care mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. about the future of this country compared to a bunch of grifters. I mean, it really is hard to imagine. And we're witnessing yet another attempt by these guys to steal our democracy. And, you know, I don't know, I'm not a fan of mass protests. I don't think they will work. Uh, I but, don't either. Uh, and they're dangerous, I think, in this climate. But we have to find ways of being civilly, you know, disobedient in a way that we can at least indicate. General strike. General strikes or, you Hashtag know. Hashtag general lost. strike. Don't, yeah. don't spend your money. Don't go out. Don't go to work. And, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and just until it until you boycott these big tech companies. You know, look, it, the, the big money can stop this in a minute. That's mm. the other thing. Right. That is that's the problem. The big money, they could get on the phone and say enough is enough, right? They could be talking to McConnell, they could talk, you know, you, you will not talk, be able to talk to the psychopath in charge, but you could be talking they, McConnell's listening to the donors and you know, they've obviously sat and sat, they're on board. They're mm-hmm. on board with this. They're, you know, and yeah. that's that's this is all coming from the Koch brothers, you know, or what's left outrageous. of them. That's outrageous. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, Nate Silver, who many people have questions about, but still Nate Silver said about uh, the election results this year, he said that he found it a bit, a bit concerning, and it's an understatement, that there have now been significant polling misses in the same direction, not only in 2016 and 2020, but also in the 2014 midterms, though not in 2018, which I thought was interesting. So maybe polling only works some of the time in midterms and doesn't work during general elections. Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download.